0: Richard, Sicily, 1922. I'm Holiday. I'm Terrida. I'm Christmas Day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle. And now, on with the opera. Let joy be unconfined. Let there be dancing in the streets, drinking in the saloons, and necking in the parlor. Are you. Hello? No? Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Halloween edition of Killers, Cults, and Nut Jobs 2.0, where we cover all crime. I'm, as always, your host, the Great White Snarks, Scotty J. Seeing across from me virtually is the lovely and twisted Monica.
1: Hi! So I think today I would just say twisted. I'm a,
0: like, um,
1: yeah, these are getting me and everything, so. Well, to me, you are. I'm just plain twisted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, it's hard to believe uh, this is our Halloween show. We're actually doing one this year. I don't think we did one last year. No, no I don't think so. I had I to go pretty back pretty. and look to see who we were talking about back then. Yeah. I keep I keep wanting to say Bundy or uh, Jim Jones, but I could be wrong. Yeah, because it doesn't really go with Halloween. Uh, yeah. Dang, Like, Halloween, I start getting that song from um, "Nightmare Before Christmas" in my head. I've never got into that. You know, it's not a, it's not a bad movie. I mean, it's a Tim Burton film. It's a Disney film. It's um a really good stop motion animation, but I don't get into it like my son's girlfriend does mm-hmm. you know she loves um, she loves it and, and then she you know she tries picking up the stuff you know the, the different um, little stuffed animals and stuff and I did see uh, one day when I went to uh, PetSmart they do have a uh, nightmare before Christmas um aquarium pieces you could put in yeah that's cool yeah it's it's cool um I mean I want to get my I would love to get my aquarium back up and running and get um get um my glowfish back in it. I you love, love bluefish. Fish. You like them? Uh huh. I've got a 37-gallon. not to like? <laughs> right, well, I got a 37-gallon tank. Uh, oh, I was just looking it up right around this time. We were doing Amelia Earhart. Which, you know, good Halloween story, too. Considering that uh, some guy said he found the bones. On an island out there in the in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. No, um, no, I got a thirty-seven gallon tank that I had Speedy in for a while until she she kind of grew too big to go with. She was getting to be the size of the width of the, the width of it. So I got her into a different tank. Um, I think I'm gonna end up. I'll, I'll get i uh, I'll get the glowfish game. I'm either thinking about putting in like a, a coral piece that will glow under the the glow light, or uh, a pirate ship. Oh yeah, pirate ship. Or or for themes, I could always put in the Titanic, and you know, that's true. <laughs> yeah. hey, who knows? Maybe we could take a trip sure. to the uh, Titanic museum and see if they sell the uh, tank inserts. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm uh, I've got a question, um uh, do you have the Titanic that I could put into an uh-huh. aquarium? Yeah. No, I don't want the front half, I want the back half. Yeah. I want the half that looks like it got blown up, you know? Uh-huh. yeah, the, like Yeah, not not the pristine bow, you know. I want yeah. the stern. Yeah. It's like come on. Well, it's like asking the Lego person if uh if they have a before and after Titanic set. Mm-hmm. And they just kinda of look look at me like you did and just kinda of like, Silly. Yeah. Of course it could be worse, you know, the guy could end up with the guy who completely missed the joke about the mini sub. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's
1: like oh god.
0: <laughs> Okay, we got a very <laughs> twisted Halloween. What I said, what is it the what's the story for t you're saying it's so. up? Right, well we got a very twisted Halloween story for you. Now before we get let me ask you, Monica. Let's say you find yourself a guy and he professes his undying love for you. And you shut him down. Okay? But Mm -hmm. when you die, he takes your body and mummifies it. So he can keep you with him. Now, is that true love?
1: Not exactly a person to ask about true love at all. But I would have to say with this now.
0: (laughs) Well, you would be surprised because this man, Mr. Carl Tanzler, did such a thing. And there were some women who honestly believed that this was an expression of true love and liked it.
1: Well, that's, like, not exactly surprising considering the fact that Scott Peterson gets mail, Claire Swartz gets mail, Ted Bundy got male. I mean, like, let's go through the whole list of Right, but did, well, Bubby
0: also yeah. married one of his
1: admirers. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, and so did Ramirez, and ew. Yeah, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, so, just, makes me so.
0: wonder Gacy got, you know, uh, John, my name's, my name's Dirk, I drive a truck, <laughs> I think you're kind of cute in your clown makeup. Dance for me, clowny boy. Stop. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna get into Carl Tansler. He was born now, we're not exactly sure. Birth name was Carl Tansler or George Carl Tansler on February 8, eighth, eighteen seventy seven in Dresden, Germany. For those of you who are World War II historians, you know Dresden got the Got a hell of a bombing during World War Two from the Allies. He grew up in the German Empire, but at some point he wound up in Australia just prior to the outbreak of World War One. Because you know, why not, you know? Why why not just go to Australia? The following editorial note accompanying the autobiographical account, The Trial Bay Oregon, a product of wit and ingenuity by Carl von Kassel, and I'm not even the Rosicurian Digest, of March and April 8, or 1939, Here's details about his stay in Australia before his internment during the Great War, as well as his subsequent return to Germany after the war. Many years ago, Carl von Kossel traveled from India to Australia with the intention of proceeding to the South Sea's islands. He paused in Australia to collect equipment and suitable boats and to become acquainted with prevailing weather and sea conditions. However, he became interested in engineering and electrical work there, bought property, boats in Oregon, and island in the Pacific so that he was still in Australia at the end of 10 years. He had just begun to build a trans-ocean flyer when the war broke out and the British military authorities placed him in a concentration camp for safekeeping, along with many officers' India, and China, who were prisoners of war. Later, he was removed to Trial Bay to a castle-like prison on the cliffs, and there the work in this castle-like prison on the cliffs, and there the work in this narrative was accomplished. At the end of the war, no prisoner was permitted to return to his former residence, but all were shipped to the prisoner's exchange in Holland. (laughs) Makes it sound like it was a department story, you know. The Prisoner's Exchange. Yes, I, I bought this prisoner the other day, but it doesn't look good in my home. Can I can I exchange it for one that will? I would say, we're, you know, give him with a big swastika on his forehead, but we're not at that war yet. When Carl von Kassel was released, he set out to find his mother from whom he had not heard since the beginning of the war. Finding her safe, he remained with her for three years, witnessing the chaos that followed in the wake of the war. Finally, she suggested that her son return to his sister in the United States. Hansler's account of Trial Bay Gale, the
1: secret building of a sailboat, etc., is confirmed by
0: my, my Adam Toluca. Not Yeah, we're butcher yeah. names tonight, folks. Yeah, there, there's,
1: there's, are I just apologize in advance for everything because there's. Yeah, these are pretty hard. Um, right. That's what she said. You're right. <laughs> he mentions that he planned to escape from the gale with Count Karl von Castle in a sailboat. And provides other information about the internment of Germans in Australia during World War One. Around 1920, following his return to Germany, Tansler married Dora Schaefer. Together they had two children. Aisha Tansler, it's kind of like updated the name for back then, actually, I think. And Clarista Tansler, who died of dipheria. Tanzer emigrated to the United States from Germany in 1926, sailing from Rotterdam on February 6 of 1926 to Havana, Cuba. From Cuba, he settled in Zephyr Hills, Florida, where his sister had already immigrated, and was later joined by his wife and two daughters, leaving his family behind in Zephyr Hills in 1927. He took a job as a radiology technician at the US Marine Hospital in Key West under the name Karl von Kossel. During his childhood in Germany and later while traveling briefly in Genoa, Italy, Tanzler claimed to have been visited by visions of a dead, purported ancestor. Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel who revealed the face of his true love an exotic, dark-haired woman to him. On April 22, 1930, while working at the Marine Hospital in Key West, Tanzler met Maria Elena Helen Milligrown de Hoyas, a local Cuban-American woman who had been brought to the hospital by her mother for an examination. Tanzler immediately recognized her as the beautiful, dark-haired woman that had been revealed to him in his earlier visions. By all accounts, Hoyos was viewed as
0: a local beauty in Key West. Well, if you've been to Key West, you can see why, because, uh... Have not. (laughs) I haven't been down there either, but I hear there's a lot of parrot heads. Oh yeah. Elena was the daughter of a local cigar maker, Francisco Pancho Hoyos, and Aurora Milagro. She had two sisters. Florinda Nana Milagro Hoyas, who married Mario Medina and also succumbed to tuberculosis. And Cecilia Hoyas, she didn't live long either, she only lived maybe 20 years. Medina, Nana's husband, was electrocuted trying to rescue a co-worker who hit a power line with his crane at a construction site. Shock me, make me feel better. Oh, wait, that's a Kiss song. I'm going to have to play that for you sometime. On February 18, 1926, Elena married Louise Mesa, the son of Caridad and Isaac Mesa. Mesa left Elena shortly after she suffered a miscarriage of the couple's child. And he went to Miami because, why the hell not? Miami's a happening town. You can find another one. She was legally married to Mesa at the time of her death. Elena, poor child, was eventually diagnosed with tuberculosis, a typically fatal disease at the time, that eventually claimed the lives of almost all of her immediate family. Tanzler, with his self-professed medical knowledge, which... He, did not, he, he said he went to all these colleges over in Europe. Problem is, is these colleges don't have any record of him actually being there. So, Carl was lying out his ass on this one, folks. So, with his self-professed medical knowledge, attempted to treat and cure Elena with a variety of medicines, as well as x-ray and electrical equipment. They were brought to the Hoyos' home. Kinsler showered Elena with gifts of jewelry and clothing, and allegedly professed his love to her. But no evidence is surfaced to show that any of his affection was reciprocated by Elena. Yeah, you, know, you know, I know guys like this. Uh, one of my best friends growing up would, you know, those. You remember when starter jackets were the thing? Yep, yeah, middle school. Right, okay, so. Yeah, there was a girl that my uh, my sister hung out with. I never had one, though. But I never had one either, but my buddy Bill was, a, was like. He was St. Anne's version of a stalker. There was a street lamp across the street from my sister, from the house I grew up in. And if he knew that this girl was over visiting my sister, he would stand under the street light and look at my sister's window to the point where my sister would just open up the window and go, hey, Bill, Scott's on why don't you come coming out of the cold. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, Bill, you can't stand under a street light. That's not proper stalking technique. You know. Uh-huh. But he did. He bought her a starter jacket. I forget what the team uh-huh. was. But he, he, yeah. Now Bill's married, got a great wife, and, you know, doing great for himself, but he had no game. Yeah. Me, I would just stand in a a crowded room and tell jokes and see if that worked. It it worked the majority of the time. See, I found if I can make a girl laugh, then I had a better chance of uh, dating her. That goes to show you, folks, Good se- women love a good sense of humor. Despite Tanzler's best efforts, Elena died of tuberculosis at her parents' home in Key West on October twenty fifth, 1931, six days before Halloween. Tanzler paid for her funeral, and with the permission of her family, he then commissioned the construction of an above ground mausoleum in Key West Cemetery which he visited almost every night. One evening in April of 1933, Hansler crept through the cemetery where Elena was buried and he removed her body from the mausoleum carting it through the cemetery after dark on a toy wagon running out there with a flyer He's got a radio flyer hauling the body away. This is sick, folks, but I'm laughing because I can picture this man with a radio flyer going through the cemetery with her body hanging out of a radio flyer. And how he managed to get her out without anybody seeing him is amazing. And, well, he took Elena to his home. He reportedly said that Elena's spirit would come to him when he would sit by her grave and serenade her corpse with her favorite Spanish song. And he also said that she would often tell him to take her from the grave. (laughs) I can't.
1: He attached the corpse's bones together with piano wire and fitted the face with glass eyes. As the skin on the corpse decomposed, Tanser replaced it with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. As the hair fell out of her decomposing scalp, he fashioned a wig from her hair, which he had previously obtained from her mother, and what is wrong with her mother for handing that over? He filled the corpse's abdominal and chest cavity with rags to keep the original form and he dressed her remains in stockings, jewelry, and gloves and kept the body in his bed. He also used copious amounts of perfume, disinfectants, and preserving agents to mask the odor and forestall those dirty effects of decomp. In October 1940 Elena's sister, Florinda, heard rumors of Tansler sleeping with the disinterred body of her sister and confronted Tanzler at his home where Elena's body was eventually discovered. Really smart guy. He was also caught dancing with her corpse in front of an open window.
0: Florinda notified the authorities
1: and Tanzler was arrested and detained. Tanzler was psychiatrically examined and found mentally competent to stand trial on the charge of wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. After preliminary hearing on October 9, 1940, at the Monroe County Courthouse in Key West, Tanzler was held to answer on the charge, but the case was eventually dropped. And he was released as the statute of limitations for the crime had expired. Shortly after the corpse is discovered by authorities, Elena's body was examined by physicians and pathologists and put on public display at the De Lopez River Home, where it was viewed by as many as six thousand eight hundred people. Elena's body was eventually returned to the Key West Cemetery, where the remains were buried in un- unmarked grave in a secret location to prevent further tampering.
0: Well, it was also to prevent Carl from, you know... Uh-huh. ...showing up and, you know, repeating the, the crime. I, I kind of feel like it's, like, Selena's family.
1: Like, this horrible thing happens, and then they're, like, pulling well, out everything else to make some more money off of her. Because you know her parents had to have said, okay, to put her body on display then. I mean...
0: Oh, yeah. Well, when um, well, well, we get to do Dillinger, uh, think about that. When he was killed, he was put on display in the window of the funeral. Yeah, that's oh,
1: totally different. It's Dillinger. You know, it's like criminal dessert. Yeah, whatever. I mean, this is like. Oh, yeah. Totally different. I mean, yeah. This like, So, you know, her parents were like, yeah, sure, we just put her on display. Give us some money.
0: Oh, yes, we put her on display in the window. Pay us money to come see her.
1: Yeah, basically. Well, anyway, just let's see. I read that like the in Selena's
0: dad. So. The facts underlying the case and the preliminary hearing drew much interest from the media at the time, most notably from the Key West Citizen and the Miami Herald, because this is pretty much in their backyard, and created a sensation among the public, both regionally and nationwide. The public mood was generally sympathetic to Tanzler, who many viewed as an eccentric romantic. Yeah. For those of you who can't see her, she was making the uh, gagging. Well, or
1: hear me, apparently, because I thought that was pretty
0: obvious sounds. <laughs> right. I, I couldn't hear you. I could see you. Okay. Well, my... my my hearing? It's not so much my hearing aids are acting up, it's just I think my right ear is getting worse. Yeah, no, that's not good. No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, when, when women heard their story, they're like, oh, that's so romantic. It's 1940s, we, we weren't really going, there wasn't much going on. Yeah, we yeah, had just
1: like a little war coming up and off, but you know, nothing else going on.
0: Though not reported contemporaneously, research, most notably by authors Harrison and Swissgood has revealed evidence of Tansler's necrophilia with her corpse. Two physicians, doctor D Poo wonder if he got no wonder, wonder if he got in school. And Dr. Foraker, who attended the 1940 autopsy of her remains, recalled in 1972 that a vaginal tube had been inserted into the vaginal area of the corpse that allowed for intercourse. You know, I've made jokes about necrophilia and pertaining to my ex-wife, but they were just jokes. I would never venture that close to, Others contend that since no evidence of necrophilia was present at the 1940 preliminary hearing, and because the physician's proof, we put those in air quotes, surfaced in 72, or over 30 years after the case had been dismissed, the necrophilia allegation is questionable at best. While no existing contemporary photographs of the autopsy or photographs taken at the public display show a tube, Because why would you want to show something like that? The necrophilia claim was repeated by the HBO autopsy program in 1999. In 1944, Tanzler moved to Pasco County, Florida, close to Zephyr Hills, where he wrote an autobiography that appeared in the publication Fantastic Adventures in 1947. His home was near his wife, Doris, who apparently helped to support Tanzler in his later years. He received United States citizenship in 1950 in Tampa, and I would have been like, You're the corpse, screwer." denied. Separated from his obsession, Tanzler used a death mask to create a life-size effigy of Elena, and lived with it until his death at the age of 75 on July 3rd, 1952. His body was discovered on the floor of his home three weeks after his death. He died under the name Carl Tansler. It has been recounted that Tansler was found in the arms of Elena's effigy upon discovery of his corpse, but his obituary reported that he died on the floor behind one of his organs. There's so many jokes in that sentence. I'm not going to say them. The obituary recounted a metal cylinder on a shelf above a table in it wrapped in silken cloth and a robe was and a robe was a waxen image. It has been written, most notably by Spice that Tanzler had the body switched or that Elena's remains were secretly returned to him, and he died with the real body of Elena, which is gross and sick on so many levels. Now this story will be reproduced in pulp magazines in the years following this death with various parties adding new materials to the case. An article written by Michael Felder in 1982 tells of how renovation workers found a note allegedly written by Kanzler confessing to having killed Elena by poisoning her. She died because I gave this to her mercifully. I mixed the root of Willesbane with aconide dilute. It was palpable and my loved one departed this miserable world on October twenty fifth, 1931. Suffer no more, sweet Elena. I have sent you to the angels with my golden elixir. And now, Perez also claimed Tanser had once told him that he would kill Elena if necessary to, to fulfill his destiny. And that is a story of true love gone horribly, horribly wrong. But one-way true love. Right. It's only told in one direction, you know. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, whoever I I marry next, when when she dies, she dead. Not, or hey, We're not judging. <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm not digging her up. I'm not making a effigy out of her. I'm, I'm not doing any of that. She's dead. I have the pictures and the memories. But you must. I said, like, or he? Well, uh, you know, if if not. No, it's either, I'm gonna, it's either I'll marry a woman or I'll live alone with a dog. Oh, doggy. Yeah, I figure, well, I, I think I told you this, uh, last year when uh, me and Alex and Susie were at Gettysburg, I forget what part of the battlefield, I think we might have been over by Culp's Hill. I saw this old man in, in one of those, uh, lawn chairs with foldable ones now. Yeah. He was out there under a tree. He had a cooler, his dog, and a book, and the man was just living the life. I looked at that, and said, I'd like to have that one day. And then when I'm dead, you can just stuff me and put me, in front of me. <laughs> me like that anyway, right? Well, my my kids, Alex actually wants to have my body stuffed and uh, used as a Halloween decoration. That could work. Well, you know those, um, do we go to, like, Spirit Halloween and you step on the, the, the jumping spider? <laughs> uh-huh. He wants to put my body on <laughs> the, one of the jumping body. spider. <laughs> yeah! He wants mm-hmm. to put my body on one of those, put me in the bushes, When mm-hmm. the kids walk up and hit the, the trigger button, I come flying out of the bushes to scare them. <laughs> I was like if they drop their candy, you know, make sure you pick up the bags and you know Yeah, I mean, like, at least make it useful. Like, right I told I told him and Dana they could take turns using me for the carpool lane. And explained to explain <laughs> my what the carpool lane was. Okay. <laughs> First time I ever saw was in California. The first trip. I think Chicago was the Anyway, yeah, I think Chicago to have some back in like the the early mid eighties. Yeah, because yeah, I remember seeing them on a trip. I said, "What's the what's that?" And my grandma had to explain what the carpool lane was. It's like know. Oh. Because when I was a kid, I thought a carpool was a carpool. Yeah. You thought it was, like, much less boring, or much more boring. (laughs) Well, you know, my, my, um, I had, I had different, I, I thought a carpool was an actual carpool because I watched way too many cartoons as a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Beverly Hills Teens, I think they had one. Well, the, the, yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of Hannah Barbera cartoons, so I, I was mm-hmm. uh, in Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny's my spirit animal. Hey, if you're going to pick a spirit animal, you might as well pick the, the, the greatest smartass of them all. James? <laughs> you right yeah. he does come up with some good ones I'll, I'll give you that mm-hmm. but we're going to wrap up the Halloween show folks if you're looking for us you know where to find us Apple Podcasts all the other places check out the Facebook page and for Killers Cults and Nutjobs I'm Scotty J say goodnight Monica night, Monica